Welcome to Mom Fashions, an honest discussion about the beauty and burden of motherhood. I'm Emily. And I'm Beth. And we hope these next few minutes encourage, inspire, and remind you that we are all in this together. This is Mom Fashions, a Fort Worth Moms production. Episode 23, Parenting After Surviving Abuse. Hello, Mom Fashions listeners. Emily and I are in the studio again, and we are going to talk about kind of a heavy topic today. Hopefully, you'll just hear some truth and some honesty as we get a little vulnerable. So, Emily, today we're talking about abuse and specifically parenting after surviving abuse. Mm -hmm. I personally um, did not grow up in an abusive home, but my parents did. Both of them. Oh, interesting. Mm-hmm. I'll have lots of questions yes. for you then. See, we haven't, yes. had, we haven't really had this No, we haven't. This is good. So I'm excited yeah. to have it like I am too. here uh, yeah. together. So, so both of them grew up in abusive homes, but uh, my mom specifically um, went through very, very severe abuse mm. throughout her childhood. And we've had a lot of conversations about um, what it looks like to be a cycle breaker, Um, things that she's struggled with Mm -hmm. uh, in mothering after after surviving abuse. Um, I need your mother's phone number. I I have a lot of questions to ask her suddenly. (laughs) She's, uh, yeah, she's got a lot of wisdom. Um, In watching her mother and then as an adult being able to talk to her about these things, I see how abuse is not just a one-time, one-family event. It, it ripples out no, to yeah, everybody around yeah. you, but it's also generational yes. because I come from a very, very long line of abuse, not just in my parents' immediate family, but as we go up that family tree, it's there mm-hmm. and it's been there for generation after generation after generation. Yeah. And so it takes somebody coming in and saying, that's, that's enough. We're done. We're right. changing this. And that's a cycle breaker. Yeah. Right. So uh, in talking about this, I want to hear about your experience. What's your story? You know, uh, we are recording this again during the pandemic and still, even, even though our state is opened a smidge, there's still a lot of quarantine and stuff happening. And um, I have seen on the news, as I'm sure you have, that the that the cases of severe child abuse are increasing. And we've even had a few deaths in our county in one month because of severe child abuse. And, you know, I can't help, you know, for using a very popular word, it triggers me in a sense of imagining how horrific life would have been for me if I had been quarantined with my family and not had school um, as in activities and that type of thing to bring some relief. And my heart nearly shatters when I know that there are dozens of women and dozens of children who are living a more 
extreme personal hell right now um, because of being confined with their abuser for longer amounts of time. Um, and, and honestly, that was the part that really motivated me, I think, to have this conversation with you even more so um, because I want someone to hear this who is hurting. Mm-hmm. Um, I have become more and more vocal about what I experienced growing up as I have gotten older, but it's still really difficult for me. And quite frankly, it'll be very difficult for some of my family members Um because I am still trying to grow out of the notion that we don't talk about this, mm-hmm. that we don't rat out the people that we love. And, and, and I'm like, like, this is literally the mentality that my family extended and close family had this mindset that you almost protect the abuser more than you relieve the abused. Mm -hmm. And I don't, I can't, like when I say it out loud and I look at it from a place of distance, I don't understand it. Like, you know, because all that secrecy does is allow the abuser to be nurtured in their choices, right? Mm -hmm. Um, you allow the darkness to stay so they can behave however they want. Um, I think in the case of, for instance, you know, my mother, I think that she was so afraid of what would happen if light was exposed to it and, like, what she would lose that it felt too risky. You know, and I think there... There is some of that, that people don't want to lose the relationship with the abuser because if you make those ultimatums, you're not sure what they're going to choose. They might not choose you, you know. And this is kind of like the whole warped, like, mentality. So I grew up in a hyper-religious family that used religion and legalism to excuse their behaviors and so my dad was mentally and verbally abusive to my mother and I would even say more so to my older siblings than he was directly at me and there's some psychology as to why that is but we won't get into that today So I uh, suffered extensive, like, indirect abuse from him. So mentally, verbally, physically, and sexually abusive. And all of these things were a part of my life times a thousand on a daily basis. And then we went to church on Sunday, and my dad was the one who preached the sermon. So, like... Imagine the confusion of my life. I experienced more direct abuse from my mother. So she was being severely abused. And, um, you know, there's the whole catchphrase that hurt people hurt people. 
Well, she hurt her children, and um, she is deceased at this point. And I think that she would acknowledge that and be devastated by that at the same time, like to know that it was true. She knows it was true, and she also couldn't face it. So I experienced direct physical abuse from her, emotional abuse, verbal abuse, mental abuse, all those things, like directly um, from her. And, yeah, so that was my childhood. And when I went to college, really, you know, going to college is unsettling for normal people. (laughs) It was really unsettling for me, and I remember... I remember it was during, oh gosh, it was the first week of being alone in my dorm. And I'd been used to chaos and drama and fight or flight my whole life. And then to think that I could lay in my dorm room with my roommate and I could just go to sleep without straining to hear if I needed to intervene for my mother, you know, after I went to bed that I didn't have to do that at night was like, it was both wonderful and very scary because it was unlike I'd ever lived before. And that's my first recollection of taking a step out and start going a different direction than, you know, what my normal had been. So at that point, um, because I think sometimes when you're in abuse, you you know that it's wrong on some level, but you also don't, you know, like I think sometimes you're in it and you don't know any different. Right. And so it sounds like that was kind of the point where you were recognizing that this was not how everybody lived. Right, that, yeah. Okay. And, well, I mean, you know, it's one thing to be a grown woman and find yourself in that situation. But if you've been brought up in it, right? Like, I mean, I, we could talk for like hours and you'd probably be fascinated by the things I believed and thought and what was taught to me. Like I literally barely, I did. There were a couple of times in high school where I broke out and told a couple of people, but nothing happened. Like nobody assisted me, you know? Um, And I think this is really important, super important for the person who's enduring abuse right now and for the person who has never been abused a day in their lives because uh, people, abusive people, are not monsters, right? So we think, oh, my gosh, like, it should be so clear, right? Like, My parents, my mother played Barbies with me extensively. I have great memories of playing card games with both of my parents. My parents love to garden. Everything I know about gardening, it's from my mom and dad. We took vacations. We went to church. We watched movies. We had Christmas. We had Thanksgiving. Like, 
An abusive person is not 100% a monster all the time. And that's what makes it so hard. Like in my 20s, I finally talked my mom into going to this support group for abused women. And she came back and called me and said she felt so heartbroken for these women because their husbands had treated them so poorly. But she could not identify my dad as an abusive man because it wasn't X, Y, Z. Even though he probably abused her more grotesquely than these women. You know, like it's like because he wasn't this monster that you see on Lifetime, right, he played basketball with his kids. We went on walks together. Yeah. Yeah. So it's not... So then you're left with trying to discern what is abusive and what isn't. And and I went through extensive counseling in my 20s and, you know, all these things. And, um, you know, the timing was so divine in my mind of, like, the point that I got to, like, where I was when I met my husband was the perfect time because if it had been any time before it wouldn't have been great because I wouldn't have been a very mentally healthy person. But then going through all that and then getting to the phase of becoming a mother, mm-hmm. I tell you what, I was scared out of my mind because the thing that I learned in counseling more than anything else is that you are never, I'm never not going to be an abused child. Mm-hmm. It will never not be true, right? My whole life I will live with those repercussions I can't ever change my story. I can't change how it impacted me, right? But the things that I could change would be changing my defaults and changing the way I think. So to go from an abused, unhealthy way of thinking to go to a more like healthy, functional way of thinking. So my defaults become different. But, you know, you can't know what all your defaults are going to be in parenting because you've not done it before. Yeah. And I was I was scared out of my mind, you know, that I would hurt my children mm-hmm. because it would just be my default. Yeah. I know that I've heard a lot um, from my own mom, but also just honestly just having the same feelings of knowing that, you know, I come from long lines of abuse, um, there's still that part of you that thinks, well, that's what I'm going to turn into. Mm. You know, it's there. It's in me somewhere. You can't escape it. You can't escape it. That's how gosh. Yeah. But it's, I mean, it's a hard lie to overcome. Sure is. Yeah. Yeah. So at, at what point did you say to yourself, it's going to be different for my kids? Well... I mean, I started saying to myself that night in my dorm room that that are just realizing that there exists another way and that another way is possible for me. And my hope had been I wanted to take my family with me on the other way, but it ended up being a solo journey, um, which, you know, like I still feel like all of this was organized very divinely and it isn't coincidence that I'm a reformer an Enneagram one I mean you know all of those things it was it was built in me from the beginning to go this path I think and 
I remember, um, you know, our children are adopted and I was worried that, you know, an agency would never agree to place a child with me. And I was very upfront um, about my childhood. And, And at that time, you know, my parents were living and what our plans were for interaction with them and and so forth. And um, they requested that I be evaluated by a counselor, and I was happy to do that. And the counselor said something to me that has stuck with me forever and said that, well, when when you get to be a parent, you are either going to think one of two things. You're going to think, I've been too hard on my parents. Like, this is much harder than, you know, like, because... All of us in our 20s go through this thing where we realize our parents are people Mm -hmm. and we are a little bit devastated by it. Mm -hmm. And we are just disgusted by their flaws because we think they should could do so much better, you know, because we think, you know, we will have it so much more together as an an adult. (laughs) That's funny. (laughs) And I would say for the most part, most people are in the camp of saying, I have overjudged my parents. I am sorry. Like, forgive me for what I have said to you or, you know, or thought and all this stuff. He said, or you're going to be in the camp of how could they? Like, how could they? And I've had a bit of both. It's just a parent like, oh, gosh, yeah, I can understand more why my mom reacted the way she did. Because I know how, like, stressed she was just in general, but then thinking about adding on how she was treated, like, of course, of course she dragged me by my hair up the hall because I didn't eat my green beans. Of course she did, you know. Like, not giving that a pass, but I understand it. But for the most part, I've thought, like, how could they, you know? So for me, it has been learning more and more and diving more and more into my defaults. And there are times that I can, I feel like I channel my mom and I I can replicate her facial expressions. I feel it on my face. I know how angry she felt on the inside and, um, I have worked really hard to make defaults that I, it's okay that I feel the same way that she might have done, but it is important that I don't respond mm-hmm. like the same way. Mm-hmm. As you've gone on in your parenting, mm-hmm. as you became a parent, um, you know, you said you had done counseling, you had gotten these tools, but what are some areas looking back on the last nine years? Nine years. And it was almost a whole decade. <laughs> I'm elderly. Nine years of parenting. What are some victories that you've had in this? Yeah, um, the ability to make different choices. And you cannot go into marriage or any relationship, and you cannot go into parenting, which is a relationship thinking that you can do all of the work beforehand so you can be smooth sailing when you're actually in the relationship. That's not how that works. You should do work beforehand. Yes and amen. But, um, like, having the expectation for yourself that, you know, it's, it's a big burden that I carry that I need to be a perfect mother because I want to do this right. 
but I'm in the process of still letting that go. I can't do it perfectly. And um, really the two key things is always like evaluating what my default reaction is and is it a healthy one. Mm -hmm. And if it isn't, then not trying to fix that on my own because it's my default. I can't see all of its edges, right? So it's talking to Brian and, and being honest about, okay, this is how I reacted. But there's something about it that feels like that was, that I was too harsh. I was, you know, I might have said something. Did I say, do you think that was like demeaning? You know, like, like this doesn't feel good. Like having this ongoing conversation that I am aware of, I'm not denying that I might have abusive tendencies. I'm not like hiding any of that stuff, but, and that's ongoing. And, um, I think that being honest and aggressive about that and discussing it with other people, with friends who know my story, friends who know my flaws and weaknesses, like that is a victory, right? That's a victory of not hiding that part of me behind a blanket and because I think if I did, it would allow me to excuse things, you know. And um, we are all going to hurt our kids. I mean, we not slap their face. That's not what I mean. I am not saying it is okay to do that. But we're going to disappoint them, right? You know, we're going to be crabby one day and snap at them, and it's going to hurt them, right? They're going to come out of my, child, of my rearing of their childhood with problems just because they're people. You know, and so it's been an, a victory too. I think to learn for myself that that's okay and that that's not abuse. Mm-hmm. That there's a difference between just like the flaws that we have as people and hurting each other's feelings and the struggles that come from living together. Like that's not abuse. Like that's just human nature and living together. And that line gets really blurry for me where to some people it may feel really clear because I grew up to where both things were normal and allowed. That would be better. Both things were allowed. Um, So those are things that I see like as victories, you know, and the times that I have been able to, you know, make the better choice, make a better choice than my parents did. Mm-hmm. I think that as we talk about generational abuse, uh, we also have to look forward to, and each generation, um, hopefully within a cycle breaking, you know, once there's mm-hmm. a cycle breaker, each generation improves, right, on on what they've done. We hope. We hope. Yeah. We hope. So what do you hope for your grandchildren and great-grandchildren. Yeah. This will also make me cry. Um, like, think about how amazing it is that God made me the mother of adopted girls. So girls who were, you know, born out of some hard things, conceived and born out of hard things, and me who was born and conceived out of hard things, and the, and then you put us together, like, that isn't just breaking the cycle for my own sake, that is breaking the cycle for two other families that I don't even really understand yet, you know, like, that is, like, blows my mind, and when I was that 
college girl in the dorm, I could have never, like, imagined that or, or fathomed that that would happen. And, you know, I know my girls already have struggles and, you know, hard losses that they've had to start to work through as a little girl about being adopted and losing a birth family and even coming to terms with some facts about their birth family that hurt them, you know. But it has to matter that they get to do this at as a little girl, that they get to start that process as a little girl rather than not starting the process until they're 18. You know, I mean, like, that has to make a difference. I'm like, I'm like clenching a collar and saying it has to make a difference. <laughs> it isn't going to make every difference and all difference. And they're people and they're going to have their problems and their hangups. And they're going to disappoint me. You know, and I'm going to feel like, do you know how much work I put into this? And you're telling me right now <laughs> that you think you're going to smoke a cigarette? Yeah, I don't think so. <laughs> the mantra of every mother. <laughs> like, excuse me, what? <laughs> um, but it gives me a lot of hope where I feel like I only see, you know, I'm only like on the second chapter of this. And I, you know, I don't know what will happen next, but I feel a lot of hope about it because I already see so much redemption in it. Okay, Emily, let's take a little break and hear a word from our sponsor. We'll be right back. This episode is brought to you by Fort Worth Moms, an online parenting resource to encourage and inspire moms in North Texas and all over the world. When thinking about parenting and coming from abuse, um, it's not like, you know, I'm not a therapist. I'm not a professional in helping people overcome this. I'm not a doctor. I'm not a trauma counselor. I'm just someone who has lived through that and am a parent. Um, I am someone who went through a long counseling journey of my own and who to some extent is still walking through that, you know, journey of um, healing and understanding triggers for me and default mechanisms. Um, so what, from my own experiences in my life and from what I've learned, I would want to tell other moms and dads out there who are coming to parenting with the background of personal abuse is like first and foremost that you have to be brave and bold and honest about what happened to you. And that's the most important part. So when when you say being open and honest about what happened to you, who are you open and honest with? Is it your kids or your husband or a therapist? First of all, yourself. Because it isn't uncommon for people who come out of this. One, we have blinders on, which were coping mechanisms that we rightfully needed, like to survive that. But then when you start coming out of that, part of your healing process is unraveling those coping mechanisms and then actually looking it in the eyes and addressing it and coming to terms with the way you were hurt 
who it was that hurt you, why they hurt you, and working through all those things, even to getting to a point to where you can say, I forgive you, you know, that really that, that circle. And if we can't be like open and honest and brave with ourselves first, you're never going to be able to break the cycle mm-hmm. because you don't, you're not really admitting the cycle, the parts of the cycle that need to be broken. You can't avoid it. You can't suppress it enough to keep on going. You know, you can't, I'm fine without, I'm just going to leave the past in the past because it will come out. Like it's, that's true of any hurt that we have, you know, like eventually it's going to come out, you know, like we can only, we can only struggle through the pandemic as mothers for so long before it comes out, right? You can't completely suppress all that. And then if we don't deal with it in healthy ways, it's going to come out in unhealthy ways, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah. I mean, that's just part of like being human. Mm -hmm. Um, So you don't want to take the chance. You don't want to take those chances with your kids. You know, um, it's scary. It's really uncomfortable and, and, and particularly if you're a personality that doesn't like the feeling of emotional pain and you try to avoid it, it is uncomfortable. But it's so worth it and it's so valuable because it's the work that you can do to break the cycle and that can make you a better mama mm-hmm. and a better mama to your kiddos. One that is still not wounded by the abuse Maybe still scarred because we probably always will be scarred, and that's a okay to admit and accept, but not a fresh oozing wound that you keep trying to put a bandage over because it's still going to stink, it's still going to fester. Mm-hmm. So, can we dig into forgiveness a little bit? Because um, you've talked about it a few times in uh, forgiving your mom and in. Um, even just now mentioning like working through to get to a point where you can say that you forgive. But I think that forgiveness becomes kind of like a, it's a hard word for a lot of reasons. But one of those reasons is that like, it feels like if you forgive, you're saying it's okay, Mm -hmm. that what happened to you was okay, or what somebody did is okay. So, so why, um, why forgiveness? What does that do? Like, what do you feel like that mm-hmm. benefits you in overcoming this cycle of abuse? Well, it's because you really only have two choices. So if you will be brave and bold and honest, and I look my mother in the face and I call what happened It is like we call it by its name. It was abuse. You hurt me. This was trauma. It was over several years. This was wrong. It's not okay. We can't excuse it. I'm not going to, you know, I no longer believe the lies that you can do whatever you want to to me because the Bible said children obey your parents right you know like so it's calling all those things like digging out the lies you have to do that first before you can forgive because you don't really know what you're forgiving them for if you just say oh I forgive you and you don't ever look into the eyes of the monster 
which are the wrong things, sometimes not even the person, but the wrong things that they've done, and you call a spade a spade, you can't forgive them for that, really, right? Otherwise, you are just brushing stuff off. And so whenever I look my mom in the face, and for the one thing I mentioned of I didn't want to eat my green beans as an eight-year-old, so your response was to grab me by the back of my hair, yank me out of the chair, drag me to your bedroom, like by my hair down the hall, and hit me really hard with your hand until you felt release. Like, that was abusive. That was wrong. You know, then I have two choices. We've confronted it. It's in the open. I can forgive you for that and move on with my life or I can get revenge. And they take you to very different places. Forgiveness will take you to freedom, even though it's hard to believe it at first. Revenge will take you to a place where you're just sitting in the seat with them and you're no better than they are. And so it really comes down to not what you feel like, but making a choice about which way you want to end up. Like, where do you want to end up as a woman? But also that trickles into where do you want to end up as a mom? Mm -hmm. You know, do you want to end up in revenge or do you want to end up in forgiveness? Another thing, particularly for um, the woman who may be considering being a mom or is a really fresh mom just with a little one, um, there can be a lot of fears and thoughts that go through you when you first enter those days because suddenly you might not feel so rosy and happy like you thought you were going to Mm -hmm. when you haven't slept through the night in three months Mm -hmm. and this baby is very demanding and for a mom who has come out of trauma this feels very scary because you're a little bit at the end of yourself and you're at the end of yourself so quickly in your stint of motherhood, right? This yeah. is and un- this is unnerving for the healthy, emotionally healthiest of mothers, mm-hmm. right? And so you're worried about what you could be capable of. You know what you've seen. You know what maybe you know the feeling of of I I think I feel like my mom felt whenever she got really angry. I feel that way on the inside right now that I could really lose my head and I could throw you across the room. You know, like I feel that way on the inside. But it's important to know that you're not ever going to be perfect. And fears and thoughts that are happening on the inside of you are not the same things as actions. And you're going to struggle with those fears and thoughts maybe for your whole stint as a parent. Some seasons will be stronger and harder than others, and some won't be. But that is so why it's so important that you are brave and open and honest about the scary things that you're feeling, the worries that you have of what you might be capable of, and to yourself, but also to a best friend that you would trust, to a mentor that you would trust, to your partner. You know, you for sure got to be honest to that person about what you're feeling because you cannot 
do this by yourself. No mama can do it by herself in terms of nurturing and navigating her mental and emotional health as a woman. Um, But I just want to like emphasize that so much more for those of us who have come out of really painful places. It's very much doable to be a parent after you have been abused as a child. It's not this perfect equation that means you are going to hurt your child. People who were abused, some of them end up hurting their children. Some people who were not abused end up hurting their children. This is not a clear-cut formula. There is hope for that. You can find like real, genuine healing. And you can be a great parent that really does not perfectly, but does break major parts of the cycle of your like family heritage. And, and it is possible. There is hope you can do it. And, um, it is not as large of a mountain as your heart fears that it is. I want to ask you, I did think of some questions I wanted to ask you. Um, how open was your mom about her story? Um, so she was and always has been very open about it. I think that there is healing in sharing your story. You know, I think that there is healing and good things that come out of that. But I think there's also goodness in knowing where you come from because then you can see how far you've come. Mm-hmm, yeah. You know, like my mom broke that cycle, you know, mm-hmm. like. She watched her mom go through it, her grandmother, all the way up the line, mm-hmm. you know, and she broke that cycle, yeah. you know, but there still are things. And she oh. would tell you, honestly, yeah. you know, if I sat down with her right now, she would tell you, honestly, that there are things that she sees in her own children that she knows are are caused by like just her own right. trauma, you know. Mm-hmm. And so, but we're never going to get away from that. No, even just as human women that mm-hmm. even like a human woman that weren't abused, like, oh, yeah, you were bullied in school or mm-hmm. you have really bad self-esteem issues. Mm-hmm. You're you have eating disorder. Mm-hmm. You I mean, like we all have all this stuff yeah. and our Lily and Anna Zane may be sitting in a closet one day, mm-hmm. you know, and they're going to talk about like like the ways we have hurt them. We yeah. will hurt them. Like, hopefully not in these horrific ways, but in human nature ways. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, you know, we have to know the difference between that. Yeah. You know, but, you know, there are going to be things that mm-hmm. I'm going to hurt my girls, and, and sometimes I'm not even going to know it. Mm-hmm. You know, like, I'm just yeah. going to be unaware of it, of yeah. things I said that stuck with them that they, that mm-hmm. hurt their hearts or bad habits I have. And, you know. Yeah. Yeah, we're all... Oh, that's we're, hard. It is hard, yeah. and it's scary. It's scary to go... It's scary to be a parent, period, but it's scary to go into it knowing you have mm-hmm. your own baggage, Yeah, knowing that that is going to affect your kids somehow, and they are someday mm-hmm. going to be sitting with a friend or a therapist. And yeah, But I they, really do know. believe, even as painful and as uncomfortable, I really think it applies to everything. And I know it may feel mm-hmm. extreme. And maybe I feel that way because I've experienced it so many different times in different ways. But keeping things in the closet, 
mm-hmm. even if we think we're doing the best by the other person, is never going to be the best by the other person. we got to take it out of the closet, mm-hmm. try it on. It doesn't fit. It's bad for us, and we've got to do something with it. You know, mm-hmm. like even now as a mom, I try to practice it to the best of my ability with Anna. Like I come in, I say, I lost my temper with you. I yelled at you. I felt like hot, angry inside. Mm -hmm. And I spoke to you like, you know, in a way that was unkind. And there's nothing else. I have no other excuse except to say that's what it was, you know, and like and just I was wrong and I'm very sorry, you know, and I hope that you can forgive me, Mm -hmm. you know, like, yeah, I would rather us do that now. Yeah, <laughs> they when she's yeah. thirty nine, but oh yeah, you know, but I, I'll be doing it when she's thirty nine too. <laughs> well, and I love that you bring that up because I think that that is something that um, that we kind of forget as adults. But there is power in us naming our own faults to our kids yeah. and apologizing. Oh, I think so. That's huge. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, for them to be able to see the humility in you, right? You know. Because how many times a day do you demand that they apologize for their behavior? Yeah, right. And not taking that, like, to- total authoritarian, mm-hmm. you know, which yeah. I'm tempted to do mm-hmm. because that was what I was brought under. Like, no yeah. questioning, you know, but yeah. allowing some room for I can be questioned, mm-hmm. you know. And I am human. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not I'm not infallible. <laughs> yeah. yeah, not the whole mm-hmm. yeah. I'm the mom, so I said so, and that's yeah. fine. If there's somebody listening who maybe your children are grown and you look back on their lives and you think, I was that abusive parent. Um, Or maybe you are in that position where you've seen yourself act on the hurt that you experienced, the trauma that you experienced. Um, There's hope for that, too. Oh, yeah. There's there's redemption yeah. and there is healing that can happen yeah. um, within those relationships and for that woman. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, be brave, be bold, be yes. honest for anybody who's mm-hmm. in any like step or you know I- any part of this. Yes, yes. that's the thing that mm-hmm. that breaks the madness. Yeah, or maybe you're living in an abusive relationship right now and you are being abused in front of your children Mm -hmm. um again like emily keeps saying like be bold be be brave be honest seek that help that you need yeah and uh we mentioned it before but i'm going to mention it again in our show notes there will be resources um that you can reach out and Mm -hmm. get that help um whether it's counseling or safe place to be or just that first step of Mm -hmm. how can you be honest about your situation whatever side of it you're on right um so that you can start healing yourself Mm -hmm. and then healing those relationships around you yeah and it's never too late to be a cycle breaker all right one last question okay what would you say to your mom as a mother yourself I would definitely say that I forgive her. And I would tell her that I'm really sorry that she went through that. But at the same time, 
I wish she made a different choice and that it would be, she would be okay to leave and stay gone and that there, that, and I think too that her problems and her choices, as horrible as they were, um, also wasn't the end of the story, you know, like, she did mess up, but it didn't ruin everything. Yeah. It's not the end of the story. Thank you. Yes. Thank you for sharing that with me and for <laughs> sharing it yeah. with all so of us. So there's a happy ending. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. There is. Well, Emily, thank you again. We hope that if you're listening to this and this is your story or sounds very mm-hmm. similar yeah. to yours or somebody you know, that you will reach out for help and share your story. There's healing in Mm -hmm. talking about it. And there's healing in bringing things that are in darkness to the light. And and we have some content as well that we have published throughout the years on this topic. And we'll definitely include some of the links to those in our show notes. So, And we'll have information too on... um, you know, if you find yourself in this situation, whether you need to leave it or you are out of it and you just need help, you know, you need help taking that next step, you know, we'll have information for that as well in the show notes. Until next time. As always, visit fwmoms.com. To see the notes from this show, including links to products and content mentioned in this episode. And one more time, just in case you missed it, fwmoms.com. Fort Worth Moms.